0: we walk with the Lord in the light of his word. What a glory he sheds on our way. While we do shadow can rise not a cloud in the skies but his smile quickly drives it away not a doubt and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Not a burden we bear, not a sorrow we share, but our toil he doth richly repay. Not a grief, nor a loss, not a frown, nor a cross, but is blessed if we trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. But we never can prove the del- and in f- to trust and obey.
1: <laughs> Good morning and happy Sabbath church family. Uh glad to be uh with you guys. Um I know you guys didn't expect us to be up here. Uh, but uh someone called in a favor. So here we are. Uh so today we're both going to be bringing you guys uh the message. And it's going to be a uh, um where God has brought us, where we came from, uh, him bring us through hard times and where we're at now.
2: We wanted to do something a little bit different than your average sermon. We didn't want to just preach at you. We wanted to take you on a journey through what we've been through. And hopefully you'll find some, some of what God has done for us and maybe what God will be doing for you uh, through our story. Dear Lord, I want to thank you for this day. I want to thank you for everything that you've done for us. Lord, I ask that you please be with us today and be with each and every person that is watching. Help us to speak the words that you want us to speak and that will reach those who are listening. And Lord, I ask that you please be with all of us and help us to have an amazing Sabbath, a restful Sabbath, and one that we can remember. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So I grew up In a somewhat Catholic family. Um, I grew up going to church with school, um, and sometimes just to do, like, the the basic sacraments, but I didn't really enjoy going to church, and I didn't really learn much about God. I learned about what it meant to be Catholic, but not what it meant to be a lover of God. Um... I learned to resent God because I didn't want to go to church and I didn't want to follow the rules.
1: Um, I grew up in the SDA church for as long as I can remember. Uh, My mom grew up in the church as well. My dad came to church later. My childhood was, I don't know. Don't know how to describe it. Growing up in the church, everything just kind of feels like stereotypical, normal. Went to Sabbath school, was in Pathfinders, and stuff like that. Um, Thought I was uh, really close with God, but a lot of that changed later on in life.
2: So, I started working at a grocery store. Um, I had worked at a few places before that, but I started working at this grocery store where... I was excited to start working because it was one place that my friends had told me was actually stable um, and within a couple of weeks of working there I had met pretty much everyone and then John came to see me and he asked me how long i had been working there and I told him that it had been a couple weeks and we started talking and stuff we had our, our break time together at one point and we talked about things that we both enjoyed or I guess things that I enjoyed and he had suggestions. <laughs> um, I really liked true crime and stuff like that. So he suggested watching Death in Paradise and I did. And that's kind of where our friendship started.
1: So uh, at that period in time, I had been working uh, at the same grocery store for about three years at that point. And uh, I pretty much knew everyone there I knew when new people came and old people left uh, and that's when I noticed there was a new cashier I'm like hmm should probably get to know this person but like we're never on break and then one time we were on break together I was like mm. all right let me start a conversation because it's this awkward silence so I started with how long have you been working here and then we started talking and I realized wow she she cray-cray man this girl is yeah. yeah cuckoo for cocoa puffs but uh, yeah we still we were still uh, you could see there was like a, more than just co-workers developing but like not really friends at that point but uh, yeah we, we started hanging out more
2: so we didn't start hanging out until I don't remember I asked him to go to Tim Hortons or he asked me, I think I asked him, that would have been something. percent 100%. Okay. So I asked him to go to Tim Hortons with me after I was done school one day and we talked a lot about different things, but it just so happened that I was kind of in a rough place in my life. Um, like I said earlier, God wasn't in my life yet. I was, I had been dating someone for five years at that point Or almost five years, and we had. I had been with him since I was thirteen. I wasn't exactly happy. I was very depressed and very afraid of the world. And I was happy in my convenient relationship um, that gave me the basics of what I needed, Um, but didn't didn't fill the hole that I had in my heart. Um, I was, I was very lost. I was leaning on my own understanding more than anything else. I was, you know, I, I kind of went into crowds that, um, preferred witchcraft over, uh, godliness and church became part of the the back of my mind. It wasn't, at the forefront anymore. I really didn't care about church. Honestly, I kind of despised it because it meant like church represented to me control and like hypocrisy. And I, I didn't want anything to do with it. Um, but I was really lost. And even though I told everybody that I was happy, um, and that I was enjoying the times that I had, you know, smoking, drinking and doing all these crazy things, I wasn't. I would go home at night and I would lay in bed and I realized just how alone I was and everything was better while it was happening for about a second and then as soon as I was alone again, it was horrible. And the times that I hung out with John, I kind of felt at peace for just a little bit, which was nice.
1: At that, at that point, I can't remember uh, specific events or like changes in my life. I might have been going to school at Algonquin. Uh, I can't remember exactly what was going on at that point, but spiritually, um, I guess it would have been the same as before. I thought that uh, I had a really good or sufficient relationship with God at that point, but I think one problem with a lot of people growing up in the church is that You know, we fall into the trap of being the older brother in the story of the prodigal son. And so we think that we're good, but we're just as bad, if not worse, than the son that left. So at that point in time, spiritually I was very immature, even though I thought that I was better than everyone else. So
2: I mentioned earlier that we had gone to Tim Hortons. And I think that was the first time we had like a legitimate conversation outside of work. The whole reason that I started talking to him outside of just that one break time was because I had a teacher in university um, that, so I was in a diversity class and John was the only black person I knew at the time. So I went to him and I asked him all these questions and you know, like, how does it work? Is this true? How do I deal with this? And I had an assignment where I had to make myself a minority to understand what minorities go through. And I decided that I wanted to fake going to church with John. So I just asked him what church was like. And I wrote my essay on what he told me. But once we started talking, um, he slowly mentioned God to me every once in a while, but our conversations were organic. It was never, um, he never forced me to talk about God. And there was just, there was one time where he did mention God to me, like, explicitly. And I asked him why he cared so much about whether or not I believed. And he said, because I don't want to get to heaven and have to see you not come with me. Um, and that really got me because I was like, even if we don't end up being anything, you know, we just be friends and we forget about each other. That means so much where, like, you would rather embarrass yourself and spend eternity with me than not embarrass yourself and spend it without me. And, yeah, so that's kind of where God came into our relationship. And then later on, we were talking, we were friends, you know, we went to the movies, we went and did stuff, and he mentioned that he had a friend in school that um, had agreed that if he was... Old enough and still not married that she would marry him, and I was like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" No, that's my plan. And I was like, "John, tell me about
1: Jesus." So yeah, there's a lot of years covered in that. Uh, yeah. in that <laughs> statement. So, um, our relationship was, uh, uh, stayed, I guess, semi-professional. At the beginning, but then it became uh, a friendship, but there were a lot of things from my point of view that were just like, you are very, very weird. Like, <laughs> she would tell me things, I'm like, I'm never going over to your house, ever. Ended up going over to her house for the weirdest reason.
2: <laughs> I cleaned my room, guys.
1: <laughs> and apparently that was worth celebrating over. <laughs> um, and so... We would have these conversations about her diversity teacher and i was like man this guy is utter waste and it opened the door and you know as time went on i started to realize you know like things were getting harder um you couldn't just be a passive christian and help maintain this relationship um we weren't sure where it was going, but that's when, you know, I was like, okay, things, uh, I need to be more than just um, uh, a lukewarm Christian, and the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, is this really worth it? Um, the one thing that kept coming back to my mind was the story of Hosea, and, you know, how God kept commanding him to go back, go back, and I felt like I was telling like, just hang on a little bit longer John just hang on a little bit longer and uh, and so I did and uh, yeah ministering and just trying to explain to Brittany what I believed and yes that I was a virgin waiting till marriage was uh, yeah it was uh, it was an experience
2: so Although that story seems all nice and dandy, there was a lot of really, really hard times before we started dating and when we were dating. And I mean, also now that we're married, but before we started dating, there was some really hard times for me in the sense that because I didn't have the same beliefs as him and he was so hardcore about his beliefs, I was like, well, this is never going to work. So why bother? So I went ahead and just dated someone else and that relationship turned into a very abusive relationship and it was really really hard on me um but john stuck through it with me as much as he could like without hurting himself and at the end of it he ended up being the only person out of all my friends who i had known my entire life and i had only known him for about three years at this point He was the only person that had no judgment whatsoever about what I had been through and what had gone down and how I treated him during that time. He just, he stayed with me and he made sure that I was happy. And honestly, the amount of pain that I caused him during those times when I was, you know, I was in and I was out all the time. I was never making a decision to choose him and God. I was always, yeah, I'm in. Oh, never mind. Let me go get drunk. Or yeah, I'm in. Uh, no, let me go do this instead. And I I caused a lot of heartbreak in that time, and it it was really hard.
1: Um, during that point in time, there was um, uh, I'm trying to remember the exact details, but I know I was in a relationship and got into one, didn't really feel, and that's when I started to understand, uh, I, well, I understood that a little bit later that, you know, if they're not drawing closer to God, then that's not the right person for you. And so, um, got out of that relationship and then, um, into other one, then that was a mess, you know, itself. Um, but yeah, So we have both gone through some pretty rough stages in our life. And then it was just two hurt and broken people trying to, uh, you know, help each other out through that. And it was really draining for me at that time. I was in school full-time. I was still working part-time. And uh, I was Pathfinder director, did board meetings, Sabbath school teacher. I was a part time deacon, um, South school superintendent. And yeah, there was a lot of things going on in my personal life that was just weighing me down and draining me completely. And so it felt like I was like, I don't think I can do this. And God was just like, just keep holding on, John. Just keep holding on. And Dealing with, like, having to help and minister to someone who is going through, you know, the things that you've always been told, don't do that, don't do this, stay away from alcohol, stay away from these things, blah, blah, blah. It's it's really challenging. and um, But, like, it does change your perspective on uh, the ways that God works. It does open your eyes to... The small miracles and the way he works in your life.
2: So then I started going to church. Actually, this time. I didn't just make John tell me what church was like and then not go. I started going to church. And soon after that, we started dating officially. And um, a lot of people were not necessarily okay with that. A lot of people... I don't even know if they weren't okay with it but it felt like they weren't okay with it I didn't feel accepted into the church family I didn't feel like I was the person that they wanted for John and I was really offended because I had just learned everything about God as much as I could you know And I was like but who are they to say who God wants who God wants for him right like I was like, I feel like God is calling me to him, but I understand that they were they were scared that I was attaching myself to him and not to God. Um, to, to John, that is. And when we started dating, it was it was some rocky roads, but we stuck to it because we both knew that God was saying, This is where you're supposed to be. And for the first time in my life. I was going through hard times, but I was at peace and I had hope that there, this would get better at some point. And even if it didn't get better forever, it would get better a little bit and then it would go down again. But at least I knew that it would be okay. And yeah, so that's, that's, that's kind of how our, our relationship started.
1: So yeah, like, when we first started uh officially dating it was it was interesting because like the closer we got the more it opened my eyes to the reality of you know coming into the church for the first time i got to see some of the things from Brittany's perspective which made me realize how some of the things that we we say and we just think like, oh, this person came to church and they just didn't come back. Oh, well, they're just, you know, a bad Christian. We realize that there's a lot of things that we as a church weren't doing right. And there's a lot of things that, you know, we are just not equipped or prepared to, to deal with. People with uh, traumatic experiences who have gone through a lot of trauma or those with, uh, you know, anxiety issues or mental health problems. Like, we're not... We're we are not ready to deal with that. And you know, that's very, that's limiting our ministries. And so, yeah, seeing the way people reacted was just like, interesting. It was very enlightening. Uh, and at the same time, it was weird because at that point in time, I was like, uh, Brittany was like, you need to start putting up boundaries. And the more I started to understand about even what boundaries were, how to set up, uh, A fence around myself, I started to realize hey, there's a lot of people who say they have claims on my, uh, on Jonathan land. And I'm like, you don't have any, there's, there's, your name isn't on this deed, so I don't know what you're talking about. So it was, uh, it was very interesting and confusing at that point.
2: So when I started going to church, I was really confused because I wanted to know about God and I wanted to understand what this thing was that everybody was feeling, but I just didn't, I didn't get it. I didn't understand why someone would want to serve a God. Why would you want to be a servant to anyone? I didn't understand why everybody was like,
0: praise the Lord.
2: Like I was like, why? I understood who he was at that point and like what it meant and like that he probably was real, but I still didn't understand why I should worship him and like what that meant for me until I went to, um, an evangelistic series that we were having at our church. And the only reason I went was because the pastor who was preaching was my friend. At least I like to consider him my friend. I don't know if he sees me as a friend, but whatever. Um, he was the first person that I met outside of John from the church that I was like, hey, okay, Christians aren't all crazy. Like they're legit people um, and they're fun. And I really enjoyed his presence. And I was like, okay, you know, and later on I actually ended up doing my Bible studies with him and I, I then I got baptized. Um, and like I said earlier, I'm really into true crime. I, anything about any kind of like murder, or serial killer, or like any kind of crime, stuff like that. Like, I'm like, I'm in for it. I want to listen to it. And I, we walked in late and I sat down, you know, and he was talking and blah, blah, blah. And he was talking about how like, um, Christ was on the cross. And, and he said, um, uh, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. And then he said, how would you feel if you got to heaven and Carla Homolka was there and I was like oh my goodness I was meant to be here (laughs) I was like this pastor is talking about one of the most like infamous like murderers in Canada and I was like oh my goodness like this is one of the questions that I had always had what like would serial killers end up in heaven would this be a thing And that moment absolutely changed me because I was like, okay, I need to listen because obviously God's talking to me. And he continued to preach and he talked about how Jesus gave his life to become your sin. That blew my mind at that point in time. I was like, it's not only, you know, he died for my sins because that didn't make sense to me. It was he became my sins and he took them away from me. And it would be such an insult to him if I continued to live in that sinful life and just made him become more sin, even though he's already died for me. Um, and that absolutely changed my life. And then I cried. <laughs> and I told John that I wanted to get baptized.
1: So, yeah, we went to the Bible. We went to the Evangelistic series. And then she started um, Bible studies um, with the uh, associate or assistant pastor. I'm not sure what his official title is.
2: Pastor Daniel. <laughs>
1: pastor. And uh, yeah, uh, it was interesting. Uh, she went to the Bible studies and, you know, I told her like, this relationship can't go any further unless you agree to everything in this book. And I pretty much handed her the 20 fundamental beliefs and she read the entire book in one night, cover to cover.
0: I was committed, guys.
1: Yeah, 100% committed. <laughs> and so I went to a few of the Bible studies, but at the same time, we, uh, there was a lot of pressure from uh, inside and outside. Of, you know, my family, of how I the, this I should be handling this relationship, which you know going back to boundaries it was it was a weird thing because I'm like I don't think you have a say in this, but that's another thing that you know, uh, I guess you can see in the church a lot is that you know it's hard for people to be able to minister to others especially. Um, the the lost sheep, you know Christ, you know beloved lost sheep. When you know other people are limiting their interaction or saying you know you shouldn't you should spend less time or you know you can't do this you should do that or you know let someone else like an elder handle it. So those are the things that I realize i like we can't we can't do that. We can't just you know pass people along. And so. There was a lot of uh, resistance and a lot of uh, drama about that. That you know made things more challenging, but uh, strengthened our relationship and made it mm-hmm. made it grow. And uh, after the, after the end of her Bible studies, she got baptized
2: in my grandma's lake. Um, but then we actually started a podcast. And, um, we would do at the Sabbath school lesson on the podcast. And then it turned into, um, you know, different topics. And then we started talking about the Adventist home when we were thinking about getting married and, you know, our ministries went from individual ministries to like, we leaned on each other and grew our ministries so much. And now where I'm at today, like I look back on this and I'm like, we actually made an impact on so many people's lives. And. You know, that was everything I could have ever asked for, was to show God's grace to someone so that they could end up in a position like me instead of being lost and
1: broken. So, yeah, like, being able to uh, lean on each other for our ministries helped uh, me while I was uh, director of the Pathfinder Club at that point in time. Um, Brittany got to... Explore a little bit more about what Pathfinders is about and uh, understand, I guess, the inner workings of how um, our church functions, how, uh, I guess you'd say, the governing body is set up, and how things are supposed to run, et cetera, et cetera, and how some things are not supposed to go. Um, well, yeah, we started a podcast and we started reading Adventist Home once uh, we're looking at getting married, and yeah. Later down the road, a uh, proposal happened and then we were like, okay, we have planning our wedding and stuff like that. And there was still a lot of, um, <laughs> um, not as much uh, resistance and like uh, people's opinions dwindled at that point. Um, but it wasn't any easy feat because you know, a wedding during COVID was a... Uh, is a hard thing to plan
0: so
2: although our ministries grew and i always heard the verse do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers and still after like a year and a half of coming to church and and you know teaching people still saw me as an unbeliever and saw me as someone who Oh, there's no way that she could possibly believe in God as much as she sa- she says she does or, or you know, worship him as much as she says he do- she does because like when she came here she had a nose ring and she has tattoos and you know, she was from outside, so she can't possibly be ready to do all of this. And the other thing I heard a lot was, you know, you're you're too new. You're you're you need to be in this new believers class. It was hard to grow our ministries, but I mean, we're here now, and I mean, people respect us now, I think. <laughs> so.
1: so, yeah. it's uh, It's been a long journey to get to this point, and, you know, we're still learning a lot, still dealing with a lot of things. Um, I find people hype up marriage uh, way too much. It is something that is sacred, that God passed down to us, but it's sad to see that you're not respected as a respectable adult in the church until you're married and have kids mm. And it's interesting to see, looking back at how this story begun and you know where it is now and where it has potential to go, that you know a lot of people didn't think it would it would get it would end up here. A lot of people mm-hmm. who we worked with didn't think we would get here.
2: We fought. And we fought hard and we're we're still here and, you know, we're a little broken, (laughs) but we're still here and we're together and we're growing closer to God. And all this to say who I was when I met John was not who God intended for John, but who I became because of John and because of God is exactly what he needed. And same for him. Who he was when I met him was not who God had intended for me, but who he is now is exactly the husband that I needed. And sometimes we get caught up in all these routines and rules at church about, you know, this is how it's supposed to be. You know, don't wear jeans in the sanctuary. Don't have any piercings and tattoos and don't do this and that. But Christ came for the sinners and the broken. So let's not turn our backs to those who seem too far gone in your eyes. And because, you know, maybe, that, maybe your kindness will be what turns them around and makes them exactly who God intended them to be.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's always hope for those who, uh, the lost sheep who may have wandered astray. Um, there is always hope. As long as they draw breath there is hope for them Mm -hmm. and we who have grown up we who may have been the one the brother who didn't leave who stayed with the dad and part of the 99 sheep who stayed our job is to work with them to bring them back Mm -hmm. you know it is to welcome them back doesn't matter what they do or where they go but to welcome them back with you know an open and loving heart and open arms to uh, accept them because if we're claiming to be Christ's followers, we have to do what Christ would have done for them. And Christ would have welcomed them back. Christ tells us that there is more joy and rejoicing in heaven for the one for the one life that comes back to God than the ninety-nine who have always been righteous and with God. So yeah, that's our story. And uh, we just want to drive that point home of don't give up hope on um, the people who we may, that the church may deem as outcasts or people who are too far gone. Because they can surprise you. Mm. Well, thanks for listening. And we're just going to close with a word of prayer. So I ask you please close your eyes and bow your heads. Dear Father in heaven, Lord, we want to thank you for this day. We want to thank you for everything that you have done for us, Lord. I ask that you please be with all those who have come online to uh, participate in uh, today's uh, divine hour service. Lord, I ask that you please bless them, uh, help them to uh, take this message, apply it to their hearts, apply it to their lives, and to remember um, that we are here and we are a hospital to help um, the lost sheep, Lord. For those who are praying in your precious and holy name, amen. Happy Sabbath Church.
0: Praise to the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation. O my soul, praise Him, for He is thy help and salvation. All ye who hear, now to His temple draw near, join ye in glad adoration. Praise to the Lord, who o'er all things so wondrously reigneth. Shielded thee under his wings, yea, so gently sustaineth. Hast thou not seen how thy desires e'er have been granted in what he ordained? To the Lord who doth prosper thy work and defend thee. Surely his goodness and mercy here daily attend thee. Ponder anew what the Almighty can do, if with his love he befriend thee.